This morning's theme is limits, God's grace in disguise. And as I say the word limits, perhaps it's quite an unsexy topic, an unsexy thing to be talking about. Perhaps it's sort of like, mm, that's a funny one. I wonder what, what, what gems um, we're going to receive today. But my hope and my expectation is that this morning as we dig into this topic of limits, this is going to be enormously empowering and helpful to us as we seek to find contentment in the everyday life that we lead, in the everyday um, stuff of life with God and life in the world. I think this is an enormously helpful topic. And I've taken the title of today's sermon from this book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, which I've been referencing a little bit during the series. A number of you I know have read this book and found it really helpful. Um, the book's by Peter Scazzaro. He's a pastor in Queens in New York City. And he, um, he has a, a chapter in his book here um, called Limits, God's Grace in Disguise. So wanting to credit Peter Scazzaro for the topic name. I was talking with someone in our church this week um, about um, a physical injury that they experienced a while ago. And this um, physical kind of niggling injury is something that just hasn't gone away. They, um, they're not sure for what reason. Um, and we, we sat together and I was halfway through my prep for this sermon and I kind of thought to myself, this is it. This is, this is what this Sunday I want hopefully to, to convey. And that is this, that God is at work in the limits we experience. God is at work in the limits that we experience. On the same day, I had to catch up with a friend and she's got a four-year-old girl. And she was sharing with me just about life lately. They're planning to move overseas. Um, she's got her own business. Um, she's looking to possibly wind up or, or pause that business that she's built for years. She was talking to me just about the responsibilities of parenting a young child, of which I'm aware now, um, and keeping a healthy relationship, keeping a healthy marriage going. What she was talking about was the limits that she experiences in her everyday life, limits of time, limits of freedom, um, limits of, of not having you know, a choice to just go up and go here and there and everywhere because of the limits around her. And, you know, then later in the week, I was thinking about parenting a toddler, which is something that's very real for me these days. And I was thinking, you know, parenting is like being a professional limit maker. <laughs> and toddlers, um, toddlers' main thing in life is to be a professional limit breaker. And they are experts. Just this morning, um, we have kind of special cereal in our house on the weekend. I don't know about you, but we go pretty crazy on the weekend. And um, we have special cereal that's all we can have on the weekend. This morning, Charlie said, you can have three wheat bigs with blueberries. Five, she said. <laughs> She's only two and a bit. Um, and they, they know. They know how to negotiate. They know how to push limits and boundaries, don't they? Um, and those of us who um, have nieces, nephews, grandkids, neighbours who are kids, we all know that toddlers have got this art of limit-breaking and limit-pushing. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, you know, with toddlers, you know, you're constantly, like, negotiating. We need to wear the coat. No, we need to leave the coat on. No, we need to leave the beanie on. Now we need sunscreen. You know, you need to... Um, you know, not too many of those salty snacks, you know, is come over and have some fruit. It's like toddlers are an absolute professional somehow in, in, in built in them um, at, at breaking limits or pushing limits. 
But, you know, as parents, our role is to place boundaries, place things where we're going to help Zoe, our daughter, flourish. And like our Heavenly Father, the limits that we place around her are for her good. And, you know, in our own lives, God is at work in the limits we experience. Limits are part of human life, part of what it means to be human. And if we can actually get this, um, and, and I remember when I first read this book uh, a number of years ago, kind of grasping this or kind of finding there was words to stuff that I'd experienced in life that were really helpful. You know what it's like when you read a book and you're kind of like, yes, this makes sense. This brings us so much freedom and so much contentment. The Bible's view of limits you know, is really countercultural to what we experience in, in our world today in, you know, Melbourne 2018. There's a worldly view of limits that kind of, that kind of runs from, from being limited, from, from being, um, you know, stopped to, to have lots of options. We want lots of options. We want in our culture, uh, we want more. We want more than we need. Um, we want choices. Um, and we can feel pushed out of our comfort zone when the limits are, um, are placed around us. Do you have a financial limit? Well, there's the option of just maxing out your credit card or putting clothes on afterpay. Um, you know, maybe ageing is happening to you. It's happening to all of us, by the way. But there's literally thousands of creams and serums and treatments available that actually um, sort of promise or are certainly marketed at helping to slow down or even reverse the effects of ageing. My friend um, that I've made locally here, because we've both got children the same age, she owns a day spa and one of the most fastest growing, most popular treatments is one that helps to reverse wrinkles. Um, and so that's a really huge, in the last five years, an emerging area in her industry because people are looking to limit the effects of ageing and becoming older. What about time? What if you're time poor? Um, and you want to, you know, you want to, you know, place less limits of time around you. So many of us don't want to, you know, um, to have, you know, less free time. So we, we we put things in place. We, you know, subscribe to meal delivery kits, and we outsource cleaning and outsource things in our lives. Some of these can be really great gifts, by the way. But so many of us have limits in our life that somehow we find it difficult to embrace. Um, in this, um, this book, um, this book here, um, Peter Scazzaro has this exercise and he uses this exercise also when he speaks about this topic of limits. And I want us to do this exercise now. So if you've got a pen or if you can look down into your seat in front of you, grab a pen and I want you to grab your Willy News or grab a piece of paper in your bag or wallet and I want you to write down, I want you to write down the answer to this statement, because we're going to explore this theme of limits for a minute. My limits in this season of my life are, okay, and I'm going to give you a list. So if you want to use your smartphone, you can do that as well. My limits in this season of my life are, and I want you to think about your limits that you have in your life. And you could almost replace the word limits here with hard things, things that are hard. Anybody in this church got anything that's hard in their life? There's only a few. That's great. Wow. I think all of us are facing things that are hard in our lives. So I want you to think for a minute, what are your limits? What are my limits right now? Okay. 
You might have children. They are a limit. You might have very young children. That can be an increased limit. You might be caring for an ageing parent or parents. That is a limit. You may be um, experiencing health challenges, mental or physical. You may be coming out of an addiction, or perhaps you have had an addiction in the past, coming out of an illness. That is a limit. You may be in a season of your life where you're quite emotionally or mentally fragile. That's a limit. If you're single, that's a limit. If you're married or in a relationship, that's a limit. If you have scars from the past, and David spoke so well last week about this theme of, you know, what power does the past have over our current lives? Can we, can we escape, um, you know, baggage, mistakes of our past? I highly recommend that message. But scars of the past can be, um, they are certainly a limit. The season of your life, if you're in your 20s, it's a limit. If you're in your 30s, there's limits. If you're in your 40s, there's limits. 50s, it's a different set of limits. Whatever decade that you are in has a set of limits. Your intellectual capacity. Now, you're a smart church, but we all have an intellectual capacity and it's, it's varied. Whatever intellectual capacity we have, that's a limit. And there might be gifts in having a higher intellectual capacity and gifts in having whichever, wherever you are. What about past mistakes? What about past wrong decisions? There's limits in the things that we have done, the past that we have had. Things like English as a second language is a limit. Um, or your immigration status, if you're not here in Australia as a, a permanent resident. Financial position, debts, assets, they are a limit. Your personality, if you're a high extrovert like me, that's a limit. Um, and if you're a high introvert, you prefer to gain energy by being on your own, that is a limit. It's a gift, but also a limit. So think for a moment, what are the things in my life that limit me? Things in my life that are hard, difficult, or things that limit me? And just take a little mental uh, snapshot as you have thought about those things. You certainly feel free to take those away with you. But, you know, we tend to look at this list of our own list and we, we tend to feel ashamed or we, we feel we want to hide these limits. We want to deny them or, or run from them. But today in this scripture um, that, that is a scripture from, one, uh, from 2 Corinthians 12, Paul's letter to the church in Corinth, I want to talk about limits as God's grace in disguise. And our scripture for today, it is an absolutely amazing text. Paul is here in 2 Corinthians 12 talking about his own limits. It's quite personal. And I'm going to read it for us. So I invite you to read along on the screen, open your Bible, open your device, however you like to read the Bible. We're going to read God's word together. So this is Paul writing to the church in Corinth. And he writes this, Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. 
That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight. I am content in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Such a powerful passage, one that some of us will know well. And the first thing I want to draw out of this passage this morning is that the limits in our life are not always temporary. How many people know that some of those things on your list have been with you for a while? Yes, the limits in our life are not always temporary or fleeting. What is this thorn that Paul is talking about? It's it's, uh, debated quite hotly, this this thorn. What what is it? Some scholars talk about it being a physical ailment, either perhaps like a malaria or a painful eye disease. Some other scholars say it's psychologically, it's a mental illness that Paul is grappling with and facing. Some even say it's a spiritual thing, it's opposition that he faced in being a messenger of the good news of Jesus. Whatever it was, though, Paul was given given a thorn. A couple of weeks ago, I preached on the the topic of the wall. Remember that? And we talked about that time, that valley, that depth of, you know, the hardness of life when we most poignantly experience the power of God. Please encourage you to um, go back to some of these messages if you miss them or if you want to revisit. And I talked about Job and the story of Job, a man who had everything and lost everything. Um, His thorn was uh, inflicted by Satan, but permitted by God. His thorn was inflicted by Satan, but permitted by God. And as we look at this um, little narrative here from Paul, we know that this thorn um, was permitted by God. It was allowed, it wasn't wasn't taken away um, in spite of Paul's pleading. Limits are given. What are your limits? Sometimes our limits are lifelong in their scope. Sometimes I stand up here and I preach and I think, this isn't good news. (laughs) But actually there is good news in today. But some of the hard things to hear and some of the realities that we need to hear from God's word are, are important to hear. Some of our limits are lifelong in their scope. And there is a mystery to that. There's a mystery to the kingdom of God. I spoke a couple of weeks ago when I spoke about the wall of why do some people seem to get afflicted with so many more helpings of hardship and difficulty than others? There's a mystery to God's ways and we don't understand it all. There's this paradox that we're in right now and it's often called the now and the not yet. And by that people mean the fact that Jesus' kingdom has come and is is seen and visible and we know it and we can touch it and we can put our finger on it and yet the not yet is that Jesus kingdom is fully to be realized when he returns to restore all things the reality is we are bound by limits in the here and now and that limits are a gift this week I took a photo which I then realized later it was kind of about easy to get away because I was actually sitting in my car waiting to park over here and I thought later the whole church is going to know that I took a photo in my car and the car engine was on. So there's my admission of the week. I like to be accountable, you know. But in Newport, there's this, um, there's this new sign that's gone up. I often park there because I often go to Newport Library with Zoe. And there's this 50 sign and it says new limit. 
In our lives, there's limits that come and go. There's limits that stay with us for a long time. And sometimes, you know, there just could be a, be a season where there's a number of new limits that place a place on our lives. When I was 16, I went on a summer exchange to Germany. And about half of the highways, or autobahns as they're called in Germany, have a speed limit. And it's of around 130 kilometres an hour. Can you believe that? But the other half or so of their motorways or autobahns have no set speed limits. Some of you will know that because you've been to Germany. And having travelled with my exchange family on these autobahns that are rural ones without the limits, I can safely say limits are a good thing. (laughs) Because people push limits um, and, and people where there are no limits um, don't have a boundary, don't have a, a, you know, a, a limit around what is appropriate and right. And Paul knew this when he was writing to the church in Corinth. Um, I'd love you to read with me um, here in uh, 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. But he said to me, and this is God speaking to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Again, this is totally countercultural, isn't it, to what we have in our um, very progressive, um, very you know, technologically advanced Western society. Here God is speaking to Paul and he gives him this new perspective on limits. You see, the limits in our life, the limits in our life are a platform for God's power. The limits in our life are a platform for God's power. And Paul knew this. He'd experienced it. He gets it into his bones. God's promise that his power is going to be made perfect in weakness, Paul knew this. He'd experienced trial and abandonment and opposition and shipwreck and all of these really difficult things in his own life. You know, there's some churches you go to and the only focus that they have is on the healing and the restoration that God is going to give. And healing and restoration is absolutely a part of what God brings. But there is such a, a breadth to what God's healing looks like in different seasons of our lives. And the thing that Paul is getting excited about here is not that God's going to take away the thorn. It's not the freedom he's going to get from the thorn. But his focus, Paul's focus, is on how God's power is at work in him even as he embraces the thorn. There's this healing that Paul is receiving that allows Paul to embrace the limits God has in his mystery place around Paul. Do you kind of get what I'm saying? So the healing isn't always, oh, well, that adversity has gone away and now I can move on and not have any difficulty in my life. Healing can be a, an understanding, a grace, a persevering, um, a being okay with that God gives us in the limits we experience. It's kind of upside down. It's kind of like things that turn on their head, but it makes sense when we think about the saviour we follow. And, and the story of the Bible, which speaks about a God whose loving grace is most strikingly expressed in a cross, where a loving, perfect saviour comes to die on an ordinary Roman wooden cross. Extraordinary. Extraordinary. In many ways, the kingdom of God is kind of upside down, and, and yet when we embrace kingdom ways, our lives are turned 
right side up again. There was a time in my life I spoke about a few weeks ago when it felt very difficult. It felt like I was experiencing adversity in a way that I hadn't experienced before. This is going back a few years. And yet that time in my life I can pinpoint and say that when I felt the weakest was one of the most extraordinary experiences I've ever had of knowing God's love for me. And I'm sure you've had similar experiences. The times in our life when we feel the weakest are the times when we make room for God's power to be displayed. That's why Paul says, I'm going to brag about my weaknesses. That's something that no person in the Roman world, in his world, would do. That would be like crazy to think about bragging about weakness in his culture. But it's in these inadequacies that he discovers the grace and love and the mercy of God. And so that's why he says, I'm going to brag, I'm going to boast about these things. I came across a quote this week by Tom Wright, and he says, God's power and human power are not the same thing. He says, often the second human power has to be knocked out of the way altogether for the first to shine through as God desires and intends. I love that. So often our own power has to be knocked out of the way so that God's power can shine through. I know many of us have had experiences of that. And, you know, it's when God's power shines through that others around us, particularly those people who perhaps don't know God, see his power. And so next time you're experiencing a limit, and that might be today, this afternoon, in five minutes, right now, ask God to reveal himself to those around you who are watching your life so that they can see God's power on display and see yourself as a way for God to show himself to people around you. And believe me, the people in your community around you, they are watching, they are looking, um, they are observing your faith and how powerful God can display himself is incredible if we but open ourselves to that reality. Now, who here loves making lists? Oh, yes, my friends. I'm a real lover of lists, and, um, and I know you all join with me in that love and appreciation. One of my favourite apps on my phone is a list app. Don't know who's graduated to list apps. Thank you, Lisa. But on my list app, I keep shopping lists, shopping lists to-do lists for church, to-do lists for personal prayer list, things I need to buy list, gifts coming up, you know, birthdays coming up. Gee, I'm really giving away how obsessed I am with lists. But ancient readers, readers of um, the first century also appreciated lists. And Paul, in verse 10, spouts off a really unique list. It's a list of all the limits he experiences in his life. Um, and like I said, this wouldn't have been very cool to spout off limits. It would have been way more acceptable in the first century to spout off achievements, assets, things to be proud of. Um, but Paul um, is proud to boast about his limits because of the power of God. And so finally, I just want to speak to the fact that the limits in our life keep us depending on God. This week, I had a checkup at the hospital um, for our, my pregnancy, and I took Zoe along with me. 
and these hospital appointments sometimes go on and on and I was aware of this so I took a number of snacks I took activities um, you know I was kind of like feeling like the very prepared parent um, packing the bag the night before this was next level organization because I knew this appointment could be a few hours long and when Zoe was busy for those first couple of hours or so um, she was occupied she had a snack she was happy she had a new sticker book to enjoy this was a new place to explore she hasn't been to the women's hospital before she didn't really need me very much she was quite happy but after a couple of hours or so the snacks were starting to run out the place was no longer a novelty she'd already played with her new sticker book that we'd gotten her and she made sure i knew about it she was done <laughs> how many of us know in our experience that when life is going well when things are lining up, we forget about God. We don't depend on God in the way that we would in other seasons. And Paul knew this. Paul knew that the limits in his life kept him dependent on God. And our limits drive us to a dependence on God and a humility before God like little else. So there is such a deep blessing in the limits, isn't there? In fact, Paul says, and the NIV translation says, I delight in weaknesses. Now, the translation is more literally, I am content. We don't really believe that, like, Paul was having the best time with these insults and persecution and he was having the best day of his life. That would just be weird. But we know that Paul was content. And if we can grasp this, it is powerful. How many of your friends would say that they are content in every circumstance how many of your friends at work would say they are deeply content with their lives how many of your um, family members when you you know sit around at Christmas and maybe talk a bit about the year how many would say they are deeply content Paul in another one of his letters the letter to the Philippian church writes these amazing words um, so much um, echoing today's thing and he says learn to be content whatever the circumstances I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation whether well fed or hungry whether living in plenty or in want I can do all this and that is living in all of those different situations and seasons I can live in all the situations and seasons through him who gives me strength. Paul knew that limits can be a gift. Limits are God's grace in disguise. He didn't necessarily love the limits, but he let God's love into his limits. Through this series, we've been using this really helpful um, you know, illustration of the stages of the life of faith, and we've spoken to this a number of times. This morning, I just want to invite us to think through um, this left part of the, the, the wheel. So we sometimes we talk about the fact that our faith journey often goes in this kind of direction where we begin with an awareness of God, we grow and learn more about him, we make a contribution, we serve, we find out what our gifts are, um, and we hit the wall, we talk about the wall. But then we get to a place, if we can push through the wall and allow God to meet us in the wall, of surrender. A place of paradox, and I've talked this morning about this idea of the now and the not yet. We still experience limits, and yet God's grace is fully here and has arrived. 
and a place of deep love, of knowing his deep love. And I just encourage you, church, perhaps to re-reflect on this really helpful tool. Um, where are you at in the journey of faith? And, and many of us, we go around and around the wheel, and, and many of us can jump, you know, from one place to the other. It's not linear necessarily. But there are limits in all of the seasons that we find ourselves in. Next week, we have the privilege of hearing from Lynette Leach, who's going to be preaching, guest preaching here with us, which I'm really looking forward to, and I know many of you are as well. Um, and Lynette's going to be introducing two different spiritual practices which help us to be uh, content in our lives, in the limits and in the goodness of God that we experience, and they are silence and Sabbath. So next week is going to be a really great practical way for us to dive further into this. But as we wrap up now, I just want to pause and allow God to speak in a few moments of silence. So would you join with me in just pausing your, pausing your heart, your mind, your thoughts, your intellect, and let's just wait on God for a moment in silence. I invite you to stand as we pray. And if you feel comfortable, placing your hands out in front of you as a symbol of openness to God, readiness to respond to God wherever you are. Loving God, we thank you for what you have been speaking into our lives this morning by your word. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you meet us in the limits. We thank you that there are good boundaries that you place in our lives to keep us um, dependent on you. Thank you that you are our God who, who meets us in every season, in seasons of, of plenty and in seasons of need. God, this morning, would you take what you have spoken into each and every heart and would you grow that? Um, would you, by your spirit, help us this week to live out of this incredible scripture that we have been looking at this morning. Help us to live content lives, lives that shine your grace and your power to those around us in our world. Help us this week by your spirit, God, to, to be joyful in the limits that we have, to see your hand in the limits that you place around us. Um, God, give us a joy that is something that is visible to others, um, that others might see your incredible love and grace at work in the limits in our lives um, and be drawn to you, Jesus, be caused to ask questions to us about you and help us to respond um, with readiness as we seek to be your salt and your light, to be representatives and ambassadors in our lives this week. And so we commit ourselves to you again afresh. Come, work in our lives, work in the limits. Make us more and more aware of where you are in our lives, God, and, and draw our awareness and our attention to all those places in our lives where you have been beautifully at work. Help us to see you, God. In your name we pray.